Thanks for tuning in to House Things, the podcast and radio show from the David A. Howe Public Library right here in Wellsville, New York. I'm Nick Gunning, and today my co-host is Malik Acosta. Malik, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Anytime. So Malik, is a, you're a musician, you're a poet, you're also a regular uh, poetry expert. So every time we have to do a poetry <laughs> episode, we're like, get Malik, get right. Malik on the horn. <laughs> so what was the last thing we did poetry-wise? Do you remember? Uh, I think the last thing we did poetry-wise was... The basketball book? What was the name? Oh of that no, one? yeah. You know what? No, we did the Kwame Alexander book crossover. That was crossover. A, yeah. That was another Black History Month book club, like we're doing today. I think our last poetry one was the Jason Reynolds one, the uh, okay. Long yeah. Way Down. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, I do remember that one. The Married. The one we did uh, back at the start of quarantine for Poetry Month in 2020 was the one about the the kid who is in the elevator trying to decide. Remember that one? Remember that. That is okay. intense. Yes, that's yes. an intense one. But Malik's joining me today for a special book club on Angie Thomas's On the Come Up. So we're going to get into that in a minute. Before we do that, uh, let's open up the old bookmarks and see where we're at. Malik, have you been reading anything interesting lately? I have. Book by Kevin Hart. I uh, <laughs> can't make this stuff up. I love Kevin Hart. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's the exact name of it, but it's, it's something like okay. it's called. I uh, can't make this up. So is it like comedy or is it uh, uh, like an autobiography? It's, it's both. Oh, okay. Uh, it's basically a kind of an autobiography of his life, mm -hmm. um, the struggles that he had to go through to get yeah. to where he is. And the result of all the, you know, the consistency and the struggles that he'd been through. Um, and through the book, he, he, you know, he makes all his life stories. They're really funny. Just, yeah. like, it's just like a stand up. Okay. It's, it's just like you're reading it and using your imagination. So it's even funnier than watching yeah. one of yeah, his yeah, stand ups. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine that would be a great audio book. I feel like his oh, reading. Of it would I would be. love that. Oh, yeah. Did you, have you watched his, he did a recent Netflix special. Did you watch that? I did. I did. That was kind of out there. It was like he was really, it was almost like a therapy session, I felt yeah. like, you know, where he's trying to yeah. like work through life <laughs> these days. So, you know, it was kind of, I could relate to that because I too feel like I'm going a little insane with uh, right. COVID life, oh, you yeah. know. Yeah. I recently read uh, a Justina Ireland Star Wars book called a Clash of, I see, I should have looked up my title first too. <laughs> Test of Courage, Test of Courage by Justina Ireland. It's a Star Wars book in this right. new High Republic series have you heard about this i haven't disney and you know who whatever whoever publishing these is doing like a whole system-wide line of, of star wars books set in this high republic so it's supposed to be like way way in the past before all the movies even before the prequels oh wow! Okay. and all of the authors are kind of working together so it's one big cohesive story so this was one of the first that came out and it's meant for more of a younger age group you know it's this is more like the uh 10 to 12 year olds okay. versus like a ya it was just okay. Yeah. I felt like it was a little, even for that age, I felt like it was a little too simple. And they made such a big deal about it being, you know, a thousand years in the past or whatever. And it just felt like any Star Wars book. So really? I kind of was hoping for a little bit of a different flavor on it. But I love this author. She's written a lot of YA stuff like um, uh, Deathless Divide is, is one that she just did. Um, and a, a lot of other things that are 
cool. We interviewed her on the podcast back, um, really, again, at the start of the uh, coronavirus. Oh, <laughs> it was wow. one of our first, like, remote episodes that we did. And so that was that was really interesting. A lot of fun. Oh, wow. are, you wa- are you watching anything interesting lately? Um, you usually have good recommendations. Yeah, I do. Actually, well, since Game of Thrones has been over it's yes. been this big old void <laughs> and everybody is kind of looking for the next yeah uh kind of you know prehistoric you know war yeah Vikings, yeah 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 that kind of thing battling um and it's it's this new show on netflix it's called uh barbarians okay yeah and uh it's basically about when rome started to invade the germanic tribes okay um over over in uh europe and uh, it, it's a really good show. It's a really good show. Uh, it it kind of centers around one of the female Britons. Okay. That uh, kind of started a revolution and mm-hmm. fought against Rome. Okay. Um, so, it, you know, it's about one of those. It's, it's, it's really good, a good, good filming, really good battle scenes. Okay. Is it like an open-ended thing? Is it one season or is it ongoing? Um, it's right now. There's one season. I ha- I did hear that they got renewed for a, a second okay. season because right. it's been a really big hit. Uh huh. Um, but it, it it was really good. It was really good. It didn't take too long to develop. Okay. I, I kind of felt. I think I'm pretty sure it was ten episodes. Uh huh. So that, it, I it feel didn't like that's the sweet fast. spot. You know, like yeah. a ten episode season. I feel like it is. Yeah. It's ideal. Yeah. The eight is a little too short. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then anything over ten is a little. Yeah, let's too not long. go nuts. That's right. too much. But the, the ten is perfect. That's too much. I feel like we've been kind of in a show drought. Though we did just watch that new uh, Denzel Washington Rami Malek uh, movie that uh, it's called The Little Things. Have you seen previews oh, for that? Oh, I have. I have. I thought that was really good. Really? Yeah. It, it looks. It looks like one of those good drama. It is. You know. It's like it feels like a throwback to me. Like yeah. it, it feels like an older style detective show, and it's like Denzel Washington is is back in this town that he used to work in as a cop, okay. and Rami Malek is like the lead detective on uh, a serial murder case that has some connections to a case that Denzel Washington's character was working forever ago. That kind of got him. He's, he doesn't seem to be on good terms with the cops anymore. So okay. they kind of form this bond, and Jared Leto plays their primary suspect. And it's just kind of a twisty... I don't even know that I'd call it a thriller. It's just more of a... You just don't really know what's going on. I and it. it's all really... <laughs> yeah. All really strong actors, you know, mm-hmm. just working together, doing their thing. So I was really impressed with that. I liked it quite a bit. Yeah. How How is the climax? Is it, it Was it, like, worth it? sitting through the whole movie and this it's, oh yeah you know it's a much more i wouldn't really classify it as an action movie you know it doesn't have a big it doesn't have like a big climactic like fight or something like right, that right. it's a much more contemplative movie all throughout and so it has more of a quiet ending which i was okay with like okay. i thought it was i thought it was good and interesting but i have seen some criticism that the ending lacked punch i didn't think uh, it did but okay so watch it and let me know what you think oh, but i, I thought that definitely was really good. will check it out i when i was watching the preview i noticed uh they had one of those strong like interrogation room scenes yeah yeah and that's anytime i see that in the movie i'm yeah. always like yeah i gotta see that i feel like denzel washington as an actor has done a good job of settling into playing the more like seasoned older type character right you know and it's I think some actors can't quite make that shift from being like the the big dashing leading man to the more <laughs> like 
you know, yeah. you know, the heavy, like the, the older kind of character, but I feel like he's just nailing it. So yeah. I, I was really yeah. impressed with that overall. Yeah. I watched, uh, I think the movie he did before that one, um, I think it was called, uh, Fences. Yes. Fences. Yeah. I saw Fences that, too. That really surprised me. I, I, when I really watched it, it was one of those real life movies oh, yeah. where you could really relate to the characters and yeah. what they was going through. Yeah. It was it, it was it was really good. I it really it. was. Fences is uh, that it's based on a stage play by August Wilson, right? And you can really feel that. I yeah. feel like in that movie, yeah. you know, because it's all about. There's not spectacle in it. It's right. all about the performances and all about the character interactions. I fully agree. I yeah. thought that was amazing. It, it was his and performance. It really he he directed surprise. that. I feel like he directed that I think as well. So. I think so. Yeah. yeah, I did see something about. Yeah, that. boy, I forgot about that movie. That was yeah. really good. It's Viola really Davis was. too, right? Isn't it Viola yeah. Davis? Yeah. 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 Yeah, strong. I, I love movies like that. Where I they, do too. You know, where it's just good actors interacting with each other mm-hmm. and and such real relatable storylines. Yeah, lines. because that kind of that kind of story is so simple that it's it's you make or break based on on just the performances alone. Right. You don't have any kind of you know big <laughs> explosions or some special thing that's kind of distract from that. It's like either the actors nail it. Or it falls flat, and they nailed it in that. Yes, they yeah. definitely did. Yeah, I agree. Anything that you're anticipating, movie shows, books wise? Um, I feel like I'm in a drought. That's why I'm asking. I know, I know. It, <laughs> I, I know it's. Uh, I'm kind. Uh, I'm kind of on the fence, w- w- waiting for this new Witcher. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Season. Uh huh. Because uh, I was really disappointed with the first season. Yeah. It just it, it, the fight scenes. Okay. And um. And I, I just thought the storyline, it didn't have enough depth, mm-hmm. depth to it. it. It just, it felt hollow to me. And, and it, I don't know. I just wasn't really impressed with it. Okay. Maybe because, you know, everybody just expect everything to be as good as Game of Thrones yeah, at yeah. this point. Um, but... If anything, that's something I'm I'm pretty I'm keeping my eye open okay. for. I don't really know. I I've only read the graphic novels based on that, and I played a little bit of one of the games. Mm-hmm. We did a whole episode on this uh, in the All the Books show, episode two twenty nine, SoundCloud.com slash All the Books. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went through and read all the graphic novels, and I did enjoy them. It was it's kind of a, I don't do a lot of like fantasy type stuff, like right. you know magic and stuff. I I just have never really like got into that. But I did find the graphic novels pretty good. Have you read the books or graphics I, I or anything? I haven't. I know Eric, Eric Nichols uh, read all of them. Really? And th- it was kind of a hard trajectory to follow because some of them are short stories and they were published out of order in English. So he did a whole deep dive oh. in how to read that series in order, which is why that episode 229 was helpful because when people asked in the library, I'd kind of be like, this is book one, but I think technically these stories, these short stories come first, the whole thing. Oh, okay. But... Okay. Yeah. Well, that sounds interesting then. I'm kind of like waiting for the, uh, any of the new Star Trek seasons to come back. Did okay. you get, did you get into any of those? I watched a little bit of, uh, season one mm-hmm. of, um, Discovery. Discovery. Yeah. And I, I definitely want to dive back in, yeah. um, to that. Uh, I haven't yet, but I definitely want to. I feel like that series is much better as a binge watch right. versus waiting it to dole out week after week after week. It's oh, nice okay. to have a big, you know, to be able to pound through a bunch oh, of episodes, I, I feel yeah. like. I'm I'm so used to that at this point. I it's, know. It's hard for me to, to I know. wait. And I just actually finished. You ever heard of Vikings? Yeah. It was a show on the History Channel. Yeah. Yeah. And I haven't it, seen it, but I oh, remember. Man. Definitely check that out. Yeah. Like, if you into that, you mm-hmm. know, the old war like movie, Viking, yeah. you would love that. It's 
to me, you know, Game of Thrones is like my number one show. Okay. And after that is is another show called Power, but then after that is Vikings. Vikings is just I just love, you know, the way they filmed it, you know, the characters, the wardrobe, everything. Like and it's and it's more about more than war is about exploration. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's about just how they really was trying to find new yeah. land and new settlements. Mm-hmm. And that was really, you know, the, the main the thing, thing that like drove it. Yeah. So that was, and then you know the differences and they culture once they met with the Europeans mm-hmm. and you know switching over um, with their belief systems and stuff. Like oh, that. But yeah. It was okay. really, it's, it's really good. Huh. Okay. Yeah, really. Good. Is that is that on Netflix now? Where is that? Oh, Vikings is is actually on uh, Amazon. Okay. All right. Yeah. Like on Prime. But I'm sure it's other places. That yeah. You can Probably bouncing around out there. Yeah. What is uh, is Powers the one about the? Is it police with that have like superpowers? Oh no no Power is actually uh, stars. Um, show. Oh, it's, okay. It's either Stars or Showtime. It's one of those. Okay. But it's more of a. It's a story about a uh, New York City. Oh, and okay. It, it's a. It's basically a story about a, a guy that was uh, a drug dealer. Okay. And um, he's starting to get a little older, and he wants to kind of get out of that lifestyle. Oh, interesting. So it's a whole drama kind of. Uh huh. You know, kind of got a little action in there. A lot of drama, a lot of relationships, a lot of betrayal. Yeah. Gotta love that. <laughs> See, you keep bringing, bringing up these deep shows and I keep bringing up nerd things, but <laughs> what I, one show that I have been watching and like faithfully look waiting every Friday for the new episode to drop is WandaVision. Are you a Marvel fan? You know, I keep seeing uh, the trailer for that and I definitely want to see that. Yeah. It's on Disney, right? It is. Right. It's on Disney Plus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's so weird. It's just, it's one of those kinds of shows where like each episode you only get a little nugget of what's really going on. Oh. So like... It's a whole mystery of what's really happening behind the characters, and you're seeing it play out as, in the style of like vintage television shows. All right. And the way they're nailing the vintage shows is just, it's so clever. And every little like morsel of the big mystery that's going on that you get is just so intriguing. So uh, that I think I is, a, I think that's a, maybe a nine episode series and we're about halfway through it right oh, now. Oh, so but they that's have the whole season? Not yet. Only only five, I think maybe five episodes as we record oh. are out. Oh, okay. Because okay. they're doing just one half hour episode a week. So Oh, they are doing that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So they, that's... They've uh, kind of been doing that lately. I know. <laughs> After they spoil you. <laughs> I know. It's like everything old is new again, you know, because right. it's like now every every channel has its own streaming thing and right. it's like you put those all together and you basically have cable again right. and <laughs> you know now we're now we're getting one episode a week so it's right. very it's old school definitely right. definitely <laughs> uh well let's get to book clubbing then yeah This week, we're going to be discussing On the Come Up. This is Angie Thomas's second novel. It came out on the heels of The Hate You Give. And The Hate You Give was basically a phenomenon. I mean, it yes. was on the YA bestseller list. It's probably still on it, yeah. honestly. Yeah. I think uh, it says, I heard something about 100 weeks. Yeah, made mm-hmm. into a film. I mean, this this is the book that will not stop. Um, and I, I read an interesting article with her in the New York Times about how do you write a second book? when your first book is still right on the bestseller list, you know, and that was something that she really struggled with because there's always a lot of pressure on that second book. Right. Um, I haven't actually read the hate you get, but you have, right? Yes, I have. Okay. Let me give you a little background on Angie Thomas. This is from Angie This is her, uh, 
info page. So Angie Thomas was born, raised, and still resides in Jackson, Mississippi, as indicated by her accent, she says. Mm -hmm. She's a former teen rapper whose greatest accomplishment was an article about her in Write On magazine. She holds a BFA in creative writing from Belhaven University and an unofficial degree in (laughs) hip-hop. She can also still rap if needed. Angie's an inaugural winner of the Walter Dean Myers Grants 2015, awarded by We Need Diverse Books. Her debut novel, which we were just talking about, The Hate You Give, started as a senior project in college. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. It was later acquired by the Balzer and Bray imprint of HarperCollins Publishers in a 13-publisher auction and debuted at number one on the New York Times bestseller list. The Hate You Give was adapted into a critically acclaimed film from Fox 2000. Angie's second novel, which will be our topic today, On the Come Up is a number one New York Times bestseller as well and a film's in development with Paramount Pictures with Angie acting as producer. In 2020, Angie released Find Your Voice, a guided journal to writing about your truth, as a tool to help aspiring writers tell their stories. In 2021, Angie will return to the world of Garden Heights with Concrete Rose, a prequel to The Hate You Give that focuses on 17-year-old Maverick Carter. All that information I just read is from AngieThomas.com, which has a lot of other uh, useful, helpful information about the author and ways to get in contact with her. So check out AngieThomas.com. Malik, tell me a little bit about the hate you give. What did you think of that? Did, did the you hate enjoy it? you give was um, it was a, a actually a really good book. Yeah, um, it's one of those books that's based around kind of the Black Lives Mo- uh, Matter movement. Okay, and it tackles uh, police brutality, mm. and basically the gist of it is um, the the main character antagonist. One of her really good friends loses his life, gets killed by the police. Okay. And when that happens, it sparks her to, you know, really get into, you know, the, the social structure of, mm-hmm. of, of racism and, and Black Lives Matter. And she really just kind of finds her voice and really becomes like a pivotal part of that movement. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's interesting to hear just how different that setting is from on the come up. Right. Because in that same article that I was reading with her, she was talking about using the same city. Was it Garden Heights? Is that, is that where these are set? Uh, I believe Something so. Something like that. Yeah, but they, they come from the same... Same uh, town, same but, town the, right. but the protagonists have completely different experiences. Right. Like Star Carter and The Hate You Give comes from kind of an upper crusty sort of family, right? right? Going to right. like a prep school. Mm-hmm. And whereas it's, it's Brie in uh, on the come up is, you know... A much worse situation, you know, and so she was kind of highlighting that even though they're from the same area, their experiences are completely different. And that was something that she wanted to try to explore in On the Come Up. So uh, so let's get into that. I'm going to read you the synopsis here for anybody who hasn't read it. And we are most likely going to be spoiling on the come up. So just yes. <laughs> fair warning. We'll, we'll try not to. That's right. We'll try to, we'll much, try to but... get away from the, from the real big reveals here, yeah. but here's a synopsis from Goodreads. 16 year old Brie wants to be one of the greatest rappers of all time, or at least make it out of her neighborhood one day as the daughter of an underground rap legend who died before he hit big. Brie's got big shoes to fill, but now that her mom has unexpectedly lost her job, food banks and shut up notices are as much a part of Brie's life as beats and rhymes. With bills piling up and homelessness staring her family down, Brie no longer just wants to make it. She has to make it. So that's, uh, that's, that's where we're at in On the Come Up here. And is this one, was this one that was on your radar? Like, were you after it, you? It wasn't. Okay. Um, once you told me about it, um, <laughs> I had seen it a couple of times, but I wasn't sure uh, what it was about. Um, but it was, it was a very interesting book. I could relate to it in 
so many different ways. I think a lot okay. of um, young people in in this day and time can relate to uh, her. Uh, the protagonist, yeah, some of the struggles she go through, yeah, yeah and some of the things she, you know, learn in, in yeah. the process. Well, it's interesting to hear you say that because I've, I've been looking forward to talking to you about this because I had about the exact opposite. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like this, I there was nothing for me to relate to here, but right. that was, I think, one of the things that I appreciated about the book. It was, it was sort of a peek into a world that I just, I just don't know a lot about. You right. know, like I don't. I was telling you before, like I know nothing about rap. You know, right. <laughs> so. It was, it was interesting for me in that regard. But um, but let's get into it a little bit. One of the things that uh, stood out to me about the character Brie, she had, just has so much on her shoulders. You yes. know what I mean? She's 16, and like we read in the synopsis, it's like, you know, she her father was killed. Her family doesn't have money. They're really struggling with that. She's feeling a lot of pressure to do what she can do, and it's like no matter where she does, she's sort of being put upon and, and being pressured in different ways right. that, I mean, that's just, uh, how do you deal with that? You know what I mean? Like, right. and she kind of turns that into a positive. Like she, she uses that to explore opportunities and everything like that. How did you feel about her? Cause we start with the, we start with a rap battle, right? I mean, that's kind of, right. that's kind of how things take off. So how did you feel like when that got going? Um, I think it was, that first battle that she had was with with a guy named Miles, if, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. And the the intriguing part about the battle, yeah, when it, when it comes to hip hop, is hip hop and rap is is poetry. It's rhyming words yeah. and you know using trying to articulate what you're feeling and you know trying to out clever mm-hmm. the the person that you're going against. Yeah. So just the the, the way that um. Angie Thomas was able to write the raps, yeah, and, and the rhymes, yeah. themes of of Brie. Uh, I thought that was really amazing. That's that's always really intriguing to me, especially for a lot of uh, you know rap battles and stuff like that. It's it's not something that you can just pre yeah. like you that you can write and, mm-hmm. and memorize it. It's kind of like you have to come off the top yeah. of your mind. And put all these words together and say what you're trying to say, because the main thing you're trying to do is get a reaction out of the crowd, yeah, so that you can win the battle, yeah. So that just it just takes a lot of brain power. I can't even to imagine. To yeah, do that. seriously, it's, it's amazing to me. Well, then I liked about that that it was because she she doesn't win that first one, right? No, I mean no, that's no. it's. I mean even though technically she does, like because right. she's better and everybody knows it, but <laughs> it kind of goes to the other guy who was the one who was expected to win. Right. But it still opens up a lot of doors for her, and but that comes with pressure. You know, right. that's another thing. It's not just like she's sailing off into this idyllic world. You know, she still has a lot of things that she has to deal with. Right. And, and I, she she's she's she like the rookie yeah, basically. Yeah. She she new to it. Mm-hmm. Um her she doesn't have a reputation or a name for herself. Yeah. I think that's more of why she wasn't proclaimed a winner of yeah. that first battle because um the guy Miles had more of a reputation than her. Yeah. So and you know, it all depends on the crowd and, yeah. and the home home turf and you know, it's it's so many different little you know, aspects to, you know, to the battle. Well, I think the expectations that she faces there too have a lot to do with her dad who was killed right. in his prime, who was just about to kind of take off as a right. rapper when he died. And so it's like, everybody knows that about her. So it's like, she, 
she has this pressure to be, you know, as good as her dad, right. but also the expectations on her are way higher because people come in expecting that she will be good. So it's right. kind of like she doesn't really have much room to maneuver, you right. know? Right. And even like outside of this in school, the way that she's kind of, the way the teachers treat her, the way that anytime she does anything, she's labeled as aggressive and is sent right. out. I mean, that's just kind of a reality of her situation, which is another thing that I found kind of upsetting honestly right. i mean this is just a kid and right. she just doesn't really have she has so much working against her like right. just to start off with i feel like is it's you know it's kind of harrowing to right. to read a story like that so i felt like as the story progresses and she is uh pushed into this world and she there's kind of warring expectations of her about you know what she's going to become and what that means for her family and all that what do you think of the family dynamic um the family dynamic was it, it it was definitely relatable. Just uh, like her mom ends up losing her job, yeah. and and hides it and hides it right. from her for so long. Yeah, <laughs> right. And and I think a lot of kids they they in some shape or form they carry the pressure of adulthood before they become adults. Yeah, just trying to you know it might be a single parent or or your parents might have some issues or whatever. And, you know, as you, you know, growing up into adolescent, you start to have that feeling, you know, not for everybody, but some people in, you know, uh, that, that might be um, suffering from poverty. Yeah. You start to feel this weight of wanting to help, mm -hmm. you know, wanting to, to be able to change things for your family. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think that's a lot of pressure yeah. um, for any kid. Um, and I think a lot of kids uh, definitely can relate to that. Mm -hmm. You know, they they feel helpless. Yeah. You know, they they see their parents going through, you know, stuff, and and they want to try and help and and carry some of that weight. Yeah. She just has no safety net. I guess that's mm -hmm. what struck me. She didn't really have the luxury of just being a kid and right. enjoying that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it was just constantly something. Right. It was something. And even her aunt, who plays a pretty big role in this, and is sort of kind of like an additional parent in some ways, you know, but she has this whole thing where she's also a drug dealer. Right. So it's like, in some ways she feels comforted by the presence of her aunt, but that also sort of brings a scary element because she doesn't want something to happen. She doesn't want her aunt to get arrested or, you know, right. the family to get in trouble or something. So even having that extra person also, like there's a pro and con to that, that she's constantly struggling with. Right. I wasn't, I wasn't really sure where we were going to go if she was actually going to, make it you know if it was going to be a story of her kind of just being on the cusp and not really uh you know not really succeeding there but i thought the author went an interesting route by making it so that the only way she could really succeed in it was to play into stereotypes right right you know it's like she's kind of between a rock and a hard place on that right right uh, i think specifically also because like you said, she has this kind of reputation of of kind of being a, a troublemaker. Yeah, being a problem. A, a problem child. Yeah. And it's like she's trying to have a voice. Mm -hmm. She wants people to know that that's not who she is. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, for her to be successful in, you know, when it comes to being a part of rap, she she feels like, that's the only way she's going to get the yeah. attention. And, yeah. And that's the only way people was going to pay attention to her craft. Exactly. To her voice. Uh, and, and that, I think a lot of musicians in general can relate to that. Yeah. 
because um, a lot of times mu musicians are people that really have strong feelings about uh whatever it is mm -hmm. um i think most a lot of musicians you know they working from that uh, emotional part of the brain mm -hmm. you know so mm -hmm. they really passionate about it i think everybody has like a preconceived notion of what they want to represent yeah but when the reality hits you of what people want to hear mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. um you, yeah you you kind of really bump into like you said that wall and you have to make a decision yeah you know you know what you want to represent well exactly and she's so pigeonholed into into being a thing being what people expect her to be right. because early on she has she i don't remember the exact line but she had a line that was misinterpreted as sort of glorifying gun violence right. remember she i don't remember what she says right. but but it's something there that she means it the exact opposite right. but it's taken as sort of a glorification of that and then the people you know above her are saying well hey that's the thing that's going to sell so lean in right. lean into that and there's sort of a sense of like you know you're you're a girl in a rough neighborhood who raps so of course you have a gun and like guns right. you know <laughs> that's just the expectation right and so she gets pushed back from her family about that it's like why are you playing up these dangerous stereotypes like why are you why are you giving them what they want right and then on the other side of the spectrum she's getting like you're such a poser that's not true right so it's like she just can't win <laughs> can't win you know <laughs> i don't know i found her struggle very compelling because it's not you know sometimes when you read a book and you're, you're following a character you kind of have in your head we'll do this like this is the path you should take this is this is the way forward right. but i felt like the author did a really good job of making it so it's like there is no clear path for this character because of what society is putting on her and because of what society expects of her. Right. She doesn't have this like broad range of opportunities. It's like you can succeed in this way only if you play the game, right. a game that she didn't really want to play, right. you know? Right. Yeah, that's that's definitely um, a, a dynamic that I, I, I noticed. One of the, the biggest issues in the book on one side people are saying oh you're not about that life that's mm -hmm. that's not who you are yeah yeah and on the other side people are saying oh that that is who you are you mm -hmm. know but i think the main thing that i got out of it is people need to listen yeah like like how you said they they, they misunderstood that mm -hmm. you know that one line she said and because that's because that's, that's what she's doing she's that's what they were looking herself. for right you know what i mean right. they 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 came with their preconceived notions exactly. they were looking for something specific and they found it whether it was accurate or not exactly exactly how would you compare it to the hate you give did you have a preference between the two um for me it was just two different yeah of subject matter like mm -hmm. for me the the hate you give was more uh, uh, you know a social yeah. problem yeah. issues that's you know going on in our society that mm -hmm. you know that all of us are suffering from and then on the come up is more of uh for me an inspirational yeah. story about uh following your dreams yeah. uh being who you are mm -hmm. and just like angie thomas was saying something about the reason she named it on the come up was because it was a story about some uh uh brie coming of age mm -hmm. growing up finding herself yeah you know i liked that the character i mean what what eventually has to become of this character and i guess here's where maybe we'll get into some spoilery content spoilers spoilers she can't really truly succeed by being 
something for someone else. You know, like she has to find a way to be herself and, and pursue like what she wants. Like that's the only way that she really, I think can like, atta- like reach what she really wants. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I think she's got to kind of just like push that all off. And I actually thought it was a little surprising in some way that this ended up being a story about her doing just that, you know, because it seems like more often than not, it's, it's always kind of about the, uh, what, whether it's, you know, a story about a aspiring actor or musician, it seems like a lot of the times they sort of don't reach that dream, but they find, you know, happiness or whatever in something else. But this really was about her defying the odds and, you know, reaching this goal that so many people have. And I just thought that was cool because, I I guess I didn't really expect it to go that way. Did you think we were going to see her sort of succeed in the end? Um, I, I did to a certain extent. I feel like a lot of these stories and like uh, kind of the new wave of writing, people don't want to have a story where it's just like a beginning, the middle, and the end. Mm-hmm. I, I think in the end, it's always the same. Like the good guy always wins. Yeah. I think people just are really into kind of changing up the story. Yeah. So it's almost like at the end, more than overcoming all the odds, mm-hmm. it, it just shows you a way that that process begins. Yeah, that's true. Not like they've, they have, you've arrived, but like you're on your way now yeah. type of thing. Yeah. That's a good point because it doesn't, it doesn't end in a nice tidy bow. Right. It's sort of like dot, 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 you know, it's like, and things. Yeah. I get what you're saying. That's a good point. Yeah. That is more of a modern storytelling thing. I yeah, feel like that's, it's been happening. That's, um, I don't, have you ever heard of, um, Eminem? He's a rapper. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a white, white rapper. Yeah. Um, and his, uh, he had a, a story about his life uh-huh. uh, called eight mile. Yeah. I remember that. And that's kind of how that movie ended too. Mm-hmm. But, and that's the, the first time I really noticed, you know, by paying attention that, you know, it wasn't a, a just a story about, you know, a, a person, a struggle, and then mm-hmm. overcome. It was more of a, this is how the process begins mm-hmm. to get to that next level. Yeah. So it ended off with him just kind of getting his foot in the door. Yeah. You know, and that's, yeah. that's kind of how I felt with this one, too. Yeah, that's true. There are some parallels there. You and I were talking off mic, which is uh, something we should never do when we're about to discuss a book <laughs> I know, like, as we record it. Much. But one of the things that we were talking about down at, this, at the front desk was I thought it was interesting the way that she took a lot of the stereotypes that you might expect. And rather than, rather than pushing those aside, she kind of she used those, those stereotypes and archetypes of characters to tell this original story. And I just thought that was a really cool use of that. Oh, yes. You know? Yeah, definitely. I thought so, too. Like I said earlier, it's like spoken word, yeah. um, poetry. And when you freestyling, meaning you just coming off the top of, the, of, of your head with mm-hmm. it, I just think that is so... Out of all the art forms, that's one of the most intriguing things to me. Uh, I think is it takes a, a certain amount of just wit, clarity, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. quickness to be able to, yeah. you know, make words rhyme, come across with a point and an ending. Some people will create a whole storyline. Mm-hmm. It's just that's that's really takes a lot of skill to do that. Yeah, I certainly couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like one day, you know, just just try it and and you'll see how hard mm-hmm. it is, mm-hmm. you know. What's your we talked a little bit about. I know I know you write poetry and things. What is your process when you're doing that? 
mainly for me is 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 mostly about inspiration. I mean, inspiration to the point now that I'm really doing it consciously and um, on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. If I get up to use the bathroom in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and is a something in my head, a rhyme or something, I'll write it down. Mm-hmm. So basically, it, it's, it's more about inspiration. It's about feeling the moment. Yeah. Um, see, music is always a, a, a way for me to relax. Yeah. And, um, you know, when you hear music, you start to feel all kinds of different feelings. Yeah. So my main process is hearing music, feeling the feeling, mm-hmm. and then just kind of feeding off of that energy. Yeah. Because it's so much subject matter. Yeah. It could be about anything. Yeah. But it's more about the feeling. Because what you're trying to do is, when you're creating music, is you feel a certain way and what you want to do is you want to bring in everybody else mm-hmm. to feel that feeling that you was feeling yeah. when you started to create. Yeah. So that's, that's the main thing you're trying to do. Yeah. You know? Well, I think, I mean, like you're saying, I think there's, there's a certain openness that that requires and that that's, I think what Brie and the rap battle had going for her. She was just so in tune with the situation of what was going on. Right. You know, she kind of sized everybody up instantly and had that and was able to put that into the words, right? When she needed them. Right. You know, which was just a cool, it was a cool moment for the character and a really good setup, I think for the book to see just how sharp she was. Right. You know? Right. And like you said, her being a woman, I think a lot of people, you know, didn't expect her to be as mm. that witty, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to, to have a, a skill level that was that right. good. <laughs> so she right in the she story. has both, both sexism and racism working against right. her in this story, <laughs> exactly. right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Not to mention just life in general, yeah. you know. Right. What, yeah, cards it, stacked against. Right, definitely. when it's raining, and it's pouring, and mm-hmm. it's like everything is against her. Yeah. I think it's something to be said about going uphill yeah. in life and that process you know making you who you are yeah making you stronger yeah you know yeah and, and that's that's basically like on the come up is the perfect title for this book because mm-hmm. just like angie thomas was saying it, it's it's a it's a story about somebody finding themselves yeah. uh growing up mm-hmm. finding out who they are what they want to say what they want to stand for mm-hmm. you know and you know we all go through that process yeah Yep, absolutely. Especially around that age. <laughs> yes, that's the time. That's yeah. definitely the time for it. <laughs> well, the book, again, is called On the Come Up by Angie Thomas. We have it right here at the David A. Howe Public Library. Uh, it's also available digitally on Libby or the Overdrive apps as an audiobook or an ebook. So we encourage you to check it out. Uh, Angie Thomas's other books include The Hate You Give and Concrete Rose, which just came out in 2021 and is a prequel to The Hate You Give. We have all of these in our collection. Uh, I know because we just checked it out. So <laughs> yes. somebody somebody else has got it. Two fun facts real quick. Hit me. Uh, one fun fact. I did hear uh, that they was going to be making a movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah that, I didn't know that. Adaptation um, of On the Come Up. Mm-hmm. Um, supposed to be being directed by George Tillman, which directed uh, The Hate You Give. Oh, okay. Um, so that, that should definitely be fun. I would love to see a movie about yeah. a female hip-hop yeah, yeah. rapper. Like, that would be amazing. And also, When the Come Up came out two years ago today. That's weird. I just thought it was amazing that we doing the podcast on today. Yeah, yeah. So that 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 was amazing. I was like, oh, wow. That's, yeah. Uh, you know, there is no such thing as coincidence. Weird, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay, well, as I said, uh, you can go back and revisit some of the past episodes here. Uh, our last Black History Month book club was the spotlight on Kwame Alexander, where we talked about uh, the crossover. So good. Malik, oh, this is the first book that we've done together, either for Poetry Month or Black History Month, that hasn't been written in verse. Right. This is the first yeah. one. I know. And it just the fact that it was so much rhyme in it, yeah. I kind of felt like it, yeah. it still was. But I know. I agree. Yeah. I did the audio book for about, about half and half. And anytime we had like the rap battles or just when she was kind of freestyling, yeah. the audiobook narrator did kind of perform it. So it felt right, it was right. it was a cool listen. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed experiencing the book that way. And I think you did learn something because you just said you referred to freestyling <laughs> and you put it in the correct yes. sense. So you you definitely yeah, I can't be taught learning. Remember when you asked me if I knew who Eminem was? <laughs> yeah. I was like, if you don't know this. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so glad that I did. Also, so that was, yep, yep, yep. All right. Well, uh, let's see. Uh, we have some exciting episodes coming up here on How's Things. The very next episode is going to be a special interview with Steve Barnes, uh, well-regarded sci-fi author, and we really get into it. He just wrote some uh, episodes of the recent Twilight Zone that's airing on CBS right now. Yeah, so we talk about that. We talk about his experience writing on some of the classic uh, Twilight Zone and other shows. So he's a screenwriter and author. Uh, and it was a really interesting interview. So stick around for that next time. Uh, outside of the library, Malik, you're branching off podcasting on your own. Can you tell I me am. a little bit about that? I am. Uh, well, basically, uh, I'm doing a little podcast. I'm, I'm, it's more of an inspirational podcast yeah. uh, talking about struggles that we face in life, struggles mm -hmm. that I've faced in life. And I'm all about solutions. Um, so my main process is talking about a problem and then us working together to find a solution, mm -hmm. you know, because mm -hmm. I think a lot of people get stuck trying to figure things out. So they never start making moves to, to get towards a solution. Yeah. And a lot of people need guidance when it comes to that. So I try to focus on the, on the podcast uh, with some solutions. What's it called? Well, I haven't come up with a... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll do a listener poll. <laughs> actual, yeah, an actual name. I'm doing a series right now called Consistency. Okay. Um, and it's under, uh, on YouTube, I'm under Philly Sabbath. All right, so it's on YouTube right now. Yes. And it says, yet unnamed. Yet unnamed. <laughs> but it, it'll say Consistency, part one, part two, okay. part three. Yeah. All right. And, and more to come. Cool. All right. All right. Well, Malik, as always, uh, fun talking to you. And thanks for joining me on the podcast. I love it. Thank you for having me. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.